Black True Crime is a podcast that researches and discusses murders committed by Black offenders. It is a podcast that anyone and everyone is welcome to enjoy, but it may not be enjoyed by anyone and everyone, so listener discretion is advised. Now, without further ado, this is Black True Crime. Hello, everyone. Hi, guys. What's up? I'm Kayla. And I'm Kristen. And welcome to Black True Crime. If welcome, this is y'all. <laughs> if this is your first time here at the show, welcome and hello. Give me a high sigh. I don't know if y'all know, but that's like my favorite thing to do. If you know where it comes from, let me know. Everyone should. We're just so happy to be here. We're sorry we're late. And <laughs> I was celebrating my birthday, y'all. Yeah, you know, y'all, this is almost a job, okay? <laughs> give me <laughs> Definitely a job for me. Krista doesn't do anything, mm. but we're working on that. One day you're going to say that one too many times. <laughs> and you're really gone. not going to do nothing. <laughs> everybody's going to be like, where did she go? Exactly. Oh, we love you. Okay. Mm -hmm. And thank you guys for the birthday wishes. I saw them all. And yeah, I appreciate you. Before we get started, I do want to remind you guys that we're going to be in Dallas very soon. As of today, it's like a month and two days, three days. Super, super crazy. Promoting it for half my life. And I'm so ready for it to (laughs) just be here. (laughs) Just happen. We're excited about it. We're going to have some special goodies for you guys for free to just pick up when you come see us. So please check out truecrimepodcastfestival.com. Get your tickets and hang out with us. Yeah. Come on in. And even if you don't go to the show or go to the festival, we're going to be celebrating Kristen's birthday in the city. So, yeah, just hit us up if you're around. Yeah. And like if you're from Dallas and you have any fun things you want to like mention, let me know about. Tell me now Mm -hmm. because I don't know what to do. (laughs) Okay, so this case was recommended by a listener. I cannot find her to save my life. I searched through my DMs high and low. So please message me so I can give you your credit. But yeah, I was shooketh by it. And you guys probably will be too. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. The state of a person's mental health can literally make or break their ability to live productively in society. But what happens if it deteriorates so much that you change from the one suffering to the one causing it? Join us as we discuss the tormented mind of Andre Lee Thomas. Mm, mm, mm. My name sounds familiar. I know, but I've never heard of it until it was mentioned like in my DMs, you know, shout out to my friend, please. Shout out for y'all coming in Black True Crimes DMs. Shout out to that. Y'all be up and down our DMs and I fucking love it. So Andre Lee Thomas was born on March 17th, 1983 in Sherman, Texas. Kristen! What happened in, I don't even know what you did really, in black history that you want to share with us? In 1983. You never know. Oh, in 1983. Well, hey guys. I'm here and I'm I'm with you, as you are with me, on this journey to 1983. (laughs) Just don't play with me. Every time. (laughs) 
Um, I personally feel connected to this that I'm about to show y'all, tell y'all, and many of us will because we've seen this movie. So, 1983, Alice Walker mm. actually won the Pulitzer Prize for writing the book The Color Purple. Oh, shit. And she became the first African-American woman to ever win the Pulitzer Prize. So shout out to Alice Walker. Shout out, girl. Shout out. A little background. And all of that. I love that. Yeah, like that's a boss move to write the color purple. And the way that she did it was so dope and so genuine and authentic. Yeah. And I don't think us people now today feel as deep as she felt. Mm Mm-mm. So her inspiration came from wanting to draw closer to her family, the family that wasn't really a part of her life and that she had only heard stories about, like her grandmother and people from that generation. Mm -hmm. So she published the book in 1982. And basically the book is a fictional story from the perspective of a black woman growing up in the early 1900s. She talks about her tumultuous life, the different experiences that happened in her life and the people around her. Mm-hmm. And it was basically in diary form. So it's actually journal entries of mm-hmm. what this little girl, what this teenager, what this young woman and older woman are going through as their life progresses. I need to read that shit. I know. I was like, so how did they come up with this movie? But then I remembered like, okay, the movie is actually starts with the girl reading mm-hmm. her freaking diary. I just never wow. knew it was a diary. Oh, I love that, Kristen. Yeah. So. If you guys haven't read The Color Purple or if you haven't watched the movie that Steven Spielberg collaborated with Alice at the time, and I think it was two years later to basically make this movie, I recommend that you at least watch the movie. And for those Mm -hmm. of us who have, me and you must never part. My king (laughs) die. Oh my gosh, Kristen. Ain't no ocean. Ain't no me. period Mm. well thank you so much sister for that trip down history line Mm -hmm. so andre was born in sherman texas 1983 he was born to his parents danny and rochelle thomas and the couple along with their six children lived in a poor part of sherman they struggled so much in fact that their home often went without electricity Mm-hmm. This was probably common with a lot of black families back in the day. Yeah. A lot of families in general. Yeah. And to avoid some of the hardships he and his brother were experiencing at home, they would spend a lot of time at the Harmony Baptist Church close by. So they got like really involved into the Lord. And by hardships, I mean the fact that they struggled to make ends meet, their father wasn't around much, and their mother had been suffering from some type of mental illness issue. Mm. So I wasn't able to like find too much about it, but I did see that people close to her said they had to step up and like help her take care of the children because she really couldn't do it by herself. Wow. I wonder what she had. I know. That sounds really intense, though, to not be able to care for your kids. Like That seems like it had to be something mental health related or drugs related you know period and i I, or both Mm -hmm. people that knew andre said that despite having a difficult home andre always performed well in school he was actually known to memorize like entire bible stories and would be the first one to answer a question during sunday school so Mm, he was a survivor Mm -hmm. and he plugged himself deep into the church (laughs) deep into the church I mean, sometimes you need an anchor, you know, that keeps you fucking from losing it. 
ah, every day I need an anchor. So <laughs> I can only imagine, but I'm glad he had the church to turn to in that time for him. Yeah. According to his dad, Andre was a tinkerer or mm-hmm. somebody that always like was taking shit apart. And he said Andre had to know how everything worked. So in mm-hmm. my head, I'm like, it's giving a little bit of like autism maybe. Cause you know, autistic children have like incredible memories and they are meticulous about like a certain interest. So, or it's just giving inspirational, awesome kid that despite what he's going through still has innocence and a desire to learn. Yeah, that would be amazing if he wasn't showing other symptoms of things. So we're going to get to it. Andre was also a really good artist. So by high school, he was like super talented drawing designs of cars that he said he actually wanted to, you know, make one day. It takes an intricate mind Mm -hmm. to go so technical, but then so creative at the same time by drawing these little bitty parts and, and all the trinkets and go ahead for now. Go ahead. I love him as a little kid. It's giving. Mm -hmm. So the people close to him expected him to be obviously successful and do great things in life. But unfortunately, that's not what happened. Here comes the trauma. Well, yeah. Because first, let's back up a little bit. Remember how I said Andre may have had like autism or been on the spectrum, at least in some form? Mm -hmm. Well, there were early signs that something was going on with Andre's mental health. At the age of 10... Andre was claiming that he was hearing voices telling himself to kill himself. Oh, no. Yeah. And at 10 years old, he actually tried. Okay. He must have been in hell. For a 10-year-old to be like, this is too much? I mean, who wouldn't? Someone is telling you to consistently kill yourself. It's, It's only a matter of time where you actually start believing them. Yeah. And do it. Andre was arrested for the first time at age 11 for a criminal mischief charge pertaining to something he did at an apartment complex pool. And I'm Mm. not sure what that means, but like at a pool, I just think something indecent happened. Being naughty. Mm -hmm. He was put on probation at 12, being required to report his probate to his probation officer twice a week. But this was never actually enforced too much. And the case plan wasn't even signed by his parents. Wow, okay. I guess they just wrote it off as a kid being a kid. Which is sad because he was actually going through mental illness. Like full blown. He needed to check in twice a week. Mm Mm-hmm. For his own safety, bitch. And And everybody others. Right. At 16, Andre was expelled from Sherman Independent School Districts. In June, one month after being expelled, Andre would attempt to take his life again. I mean, can you imagine? It just sounds like torture. Yeah. And he's acting out and nobody is listening. Nope, no one's doing anything. He scratched the skin off his wrist in an attempt to bleed out. Like, that's painful. It's crazy. Why don't you just take a knife and, and do it fast? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, torture, if you're feeling tortured already, what is more torture for a little bit? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
how you gonna show me the older version of him this We're is not, not even... older this is this is this is around the time of what him being 16 yes okay like you barely see his face he looks like a wax figure <laughs> <laughs> Kristen, please grow up. Here, let me put it in a (laughs) bigger for you. There we go. Oh, okay. He was a Mm. handsome fella. Soft eyes. Yeah, not too bad to look at. We're going to see him a little bit more in a little bit, but. Poor thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I heard that he was really good with the ladies. He could talk them down. I mean, looking like that, you ain't got to do much talking. Well, oh, God. Facts, no printer. Also, I don't agree. But, (laughs) you know, he's he's not the worst we've seen on this show. That's for sure. We we know we have different tastes. Mm -hmm. So this is also the same year that Homeboy would become a father. Oh, wow. Literally, Kristen, a father. No. Look, oh, baby. Look at him. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. He's trying to have some symbolism of normal. Yeah. That's Andre Jr. He named him Andre Jr. And it's a and son. Wow. That's rough. And then when you already don't have much, you know what I'm saying? I'm sure that was a lot of pressure. And you're dealing with mental illness. It's just oh, yeah. a lot on his plate right now. Yep. The baby's mother was 17-year-old Laura Boren, and the couple would go on to get married on Andre's 18th birthday in 2001. Oh, they were really trying. I know. They were, like, gonna do the damn thing, and she was so adorable. I'm gonna take a look at her. Ah! I wasn't expecting mm-hmm. that. I know, right? She's a little... I think she's Caucasian or maybe light-skinned Spanish. Adorable. Really sure. She looks naughty. She looks dark well i think it's the makeup Kristen. but when i looked at her just now when i said oh she looks adorable i was like well she looks like she's a little naughty (laughs) Kristen. (laughs) it's giving adam's family oh my gosh now is not the time she i'll tell you right now she's not someone you need to be doing what's a giving on oh what does that mean is she a big we don't yeah no. yeah well, of course your dark sense of humor had to just Why? ruin <laughs> because i didn't know. i have to tell everybody I it's fine it's fine was. it's okay she's i think she's cute you know but i do think she's giving a little bit of mischievousness yeah, she's giving if i do say so myself naughty mm-hmm, mm-hmm. cute but naughty But the happy marriage wouldn't last. Just months after saying I do, the couple broke up, and this is when Andre's mental health seemed to decline majorly. He was now struggling to even stay employed, and according to friends and family, this was around the time he started talking about the Bible more and seemed to be becoming obsessed with it. Mm, A little erratic. Mm -hmm. According to his father, quote, he was hung up on revelations. He would try to analyze it down to the T, end quote. Sounds like somebody I know. How about oh, say, Dad? One thing you do- <laughs> Yeah. See, one thing you don't want to do is get caught up in revelations, child. There is stuff that goes down in there that make you not want to go to sleep. You know, not if you don't have the understanding of the rest of the Bible, should you be diving headfirst into freaking revelations? And imagine someone that's already struggling to hold on to reality and you literally go to the book where reality is stripped from you in every sense of the word oh yeah so 
It's not going to be good from here, y'all. It's not giving. You need to be ushered in by the Holy Spirit if you're going to make it out of that place. Okay. And most of us are aware that alcohol and drug abuse only worsens a person's mental state. And that's exactly what Andre was doing. He was in and out of Grayson County Jail. He attempted suicide multiple times. In January of 2002, he was arrested on an assault charge. And the arrest report stated that he was drinking 240 ounces a day at the time. So I've seen that. He's just all over the map. And this case actually had a lot of documentation from his stays at the Grayson County Jail and the questionnaires that they have to fill out when he goes into the hospitals and stuff. A lot of this stuff was documented. And still, nobody reached down to try to really help this man get over his mental illness. As if they didn't see that 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 could be the source of all the problems. Well, they probably saw it and just didn't give a shit because we're going to get to it. In January of 2003, Andre was arrested for stabbing his brother during an argument over music. Ah, but you see? Because it wasn't even that serious. It never will be. Apparently, Andre's brother, Brian, believed that Andre's music was sending evil spirits through the wall. So Brian wasn't doing the best either. Mm. Okay. And somehow Andre served no jail time for this. However, he was put on suicide watch for a while and his brother was committed to a mental hospital. Oh, okay. So they did see something wrong potentially with his brother as well. Yes, because his brother said, the music Andre was playing was sending evil spirits through the wall. So they were like, okay, he's obviously not okay. Well, I get that. I'm not talking about that part. I'm talking about the part that like something could have seriously been wrong with his countenance, not just what he said, because what he said could have been the truth. Mm -hmm. But how he reacted (laughs) and for Andre to get away with stabbing his brother means his brother was acting pretty erratic as well. I was about to say, because... Per Andre's like memory of what happened that night or that day, whatever, his brother was more so the aggressor and his brother was always like hitting him and doing all this type of aggressive stuff to him. And that's exactly what he did. Like he came into his room, was hitting him because the music was too loud. And then he told his brother that, oh, if I got my gun, you wouldn't be talking so big and bad. This is what Andre claims that Brian said to him. So, you know, when they're putting two people that are nutcases in a room together, asking them what happened, and they're the only two witnesses, you know what I'm saying? I guess they're going to pick the one that's more out, better spoken. How about that? Picture this. Two angry fish that are usually having their own place to roam, and then you Mm -hmm. put them in the same bowl. Mm -hmm. They're going to duke it out, blood-related or not. Right. And then I lied and said there was no other witness. Their mother was there. Okay. And she literally picked up the knife and just put it in the water in the sink. Like didn't tell police what really happened. I don't even know if she really saw it, but she wasn't cooperative at all. And yeah, was just basically covering up shit. Yeah. Trying to protect her son. (laughs) I don't know. Not sure. Is that the brother? No, this is Andre. Wow. Yeah, this is around the time that he was getting arrested multiple times when he got into it with his brother. So he just doesn't look okay. His eyes, you know, you see it in the eyes. They've changed. He looks tired. Yeah, and there's definitely drugs involved. Yeah, unfortunately. It would come up later that he was taking some type of pill. It starts with a C. Um, I think I put it in the research. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he was taking that because he was fucking with some girl and she got him on it. 
And then that's what really just made him fucking do what he did, I guess. Oh, how the angel has fallen. Mm-hmm. In January of 2004, Andre lost his job as a maintenance worker for the city of Sherman. January and March just seemed to be like terrible times for him, you know. Just going downhill. All this bad shit keeps, exactly. On March 5th, 2005, a friend of Andre's took him to the hospital where he would tell personnel that he was ready to die. Mm. Life was too much, and if he didn't get help right then, he was just going to throw himself in front of a bus. Wow. I mean, it's not even his fault at this point. It's like he's like, I'm trying to show you I'm not okay. Mm -hmm. And at this point, what else can I do but hurt myself for real? Exactly. An emergency detention order was signed by a judge, but unfortunately was not enforced by the hospital or law enforcement. And he was let go. Mm-mm-mm. The very next day, his aunt and close confidant, like someone that was just like his best friend named Angel, died of complications from lung disease. Wow. Which is obviously heartbreaking, but just another knife straight into his back. Two knives. Oh, yeah. On March 26, 2004, just one day before he would do the unthinkable, Andre reached out for psychiatric help again. He went to Texoma Medical Center after he'd stabbed himself in the chest. Hello. And a social worker named Sherry St. Cyr and a physician named William Bowen both felt that he was psychotic, dangerous, and should be admitted. Okay. But it didn't happen. Andre left the hospital before law enforcement were able to come and detain him. Y'all are corny. I cannot and I will not entertain this. I would have body slammed him to the ground. He Okay. He's just trying to say, look, I'm trying to do my best here. But if y'all won't take me serious, then all hell is going to break loose. And I'm sure it did. And for me, I feel... I feel like it's okay to feel like if you are a harm to yourself, it is safe to assume that you may be a harm to other people as well. And there has to be like some precautions taken about that. Like they didn't take this shit seriously at all. Maybe it's because he wasn't openly talking about hurting other people, but it was definitely a fucking fuck up on their part. And if he's coming to you repeatedly, you know, coming to you, period, saying that he needs help. You should probably help him before he starts to affect other people. Well, just a few hours later, Andre would show everyone how psychotic and dangerous he really was. So I just want to let you guys know, if medical professionals tell you someone should be committed to a psych ward, just like commit them for a little bit. They're not kidding. And even if, you know, I personally rather be safe than sorry, especially if there's evidence that they are trying to hurt themselves, the best thing you can do is try to get them help. Not taking them back home so they can try it again. Because you are not protecting them. You're actually putting yourself in in dangerous way. Yeah. And at the time, the law did not permit hospital personnel to hold someone who voluntarily came to them for help if they changed their minds and chose to leave. Which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You would rather hold someone without their consent then hold someone right. with their consent. You know? Kind of weird. I don't know. I don't really get it. At around 7.22 a.m., Andre showed up to the house of his ex-wife, 20-year-old Laura Boren, and her new boyfriend, where the couple lived with the four-year-old Andre Jr. and the couple's 13-month-old Leia. Baby. It's spelled... 
She yeah, she's a baby. It's spelled L E Y H A. Oh, that's beautiful, Leia. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, precious. Loved his little sister. Loved his sister. Looked so happy and excited with his thick eyebrows. Mm-hmm. And he kind of looks like his dad in a way. In a way. So Andre showed up to her house. He had a knife in his hand, kicked the door down, and then, okay, guys, this is where it really gets bad. He then stabbed Laura, Andre Jr., and Leia to death. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh-huh. Laura was found in her living room on the floor by her father. Just an extra blow. And she had a gaping hole in her chest where her heart should be. The cho- Yeah, Kristen. The children were found in their rooms with the same types of injuries to their chest. And investigators would later learn that Andre had removed their hearts from their bodies. Wow. Just he was completely off the hinges. No grip on reality whatsoever. Like this was symbolic as hell. Mm -hmm. He would say that it was his attempt to rid their bodies of the demons he believed were inside of them. And this is where you start to be like, what is he talking about? Where is he getting this from? No, don't do that. Because he was all up in y'all doggone hospitals way before this, where you could have been studying how he got to where he should have not went today. Yeah. I mean, a bunch of this shit should have already been caught, stopped in its tracks. I mean, there were warning signs everywhere. We're going to get to that. Like the baby, your own son. This is dark. Andre then put the three hearts into his pockets and walked out of the house like nothing happened. Kayla, just imagine a baby heart. No, I don't want to. I wouldn't want to either. He wa- his eyes must have like rolled to the back of his head. His black pupils, just everything. Possessed. Insane. He then walked home and stabbed himself three times in the chest in an attempt to commit suicide, I guess. But it didn't work. Okay. They didn't have on, and it also shows on record that they didn't know if he did that because God told him to, but we already know how Christians feel about suicide. Right. So was he so trying I'm not to, really sure. Maybe he was so off the hinge that he was like trying to cut his own heart out, which is just like, and somehow in his mind, he was purifying himself. Well, he mm, or killing. He himself. would mention, yeah, he would mention some things, and we're gonna get to it. So he didn't die, obviously, and by nine thirty, he'd walked himself into a police station, where dispatcher Cindy Carr said that he told her that he just killed his wife and was there to turn himself in. Okay, this is <laughs> what are we listening to? Like this is a mess, and it's like he tried. He did mm-hmm. something horrible, but he was calling for help. Yeah. At this point in the research, I was standing firm in a spot. And then after a little bit more, <laughs> you know, I figured out that I'm really not. So according to records, he was frisked and taken into custody. And while this was happening, he asked, quote, will I be forgiven? Oh, wow. And he then told officers that he also stabbed himself in the chest. So they didn't know initially when they picked him up. They just thought it was probably somebody else's blood. And the whole time, he's leaking out. Could have been, yeah. He was taken to the hospital and was then taken to the county jail on March 29th. So his injuries couldn't have been too bad if literally a day after, what, two days after? Yeah. He's back, you know, in custody. 
After being back in custody, he gave a full confession to the murders. He said that he believed all three victims were evil and were possessed by demons. He said God told him that Laura was a Jezebel and that his own child, Andre Jr., was the Antichrist. Wow. It's a bit, it's a bit extreme. I mean, I mean, it's the most extreme. It's insane. Mm-hmm. And he even told an EMT on the way to the hospital, quote, I just don't understand. I wanted to die to pay for my sins, end quote. So it's clear that he knew what he was did. Wrong. Was wrong. Regardless of if he's mentally well or not. He knew right from wrong in that. Right. Way. And you're saying that God told you to do that, but you clearly know it was a sin. So it's like there's like a split psyche thing going on where he knows something in his bones is telling him is he's wrong, but yet mm-hmm. something in his mind is telling him do it anyway. Yep. And phrases like these are what prosecutors and investigators use to argue that a person who has like a clear history of mental health issues wasn't mentally ill at the time of the murders. So he can be as sick as he wants to be, but if he has a moment of lucidity when he's, you know, taking these lives, by the way, rest in peace to Laura and baby junior, AJ and Leia. Leia. Rest in peace. This is horrible. Yeah. But... They're saying if he had any moment where he was lucid, had control of himself, and continued to go, that is someone that deserves to be charged with first-degree murder. Are we not going to look at any precedent set before you? Are we not going to see that this man has real problems? Well, that's not the investigator's job. The investigator is to find out who did the crime. And I guess they're just going to leave it to the DA's office to figure out what to charge him with, you know? Yes, they should. Which could be, and the defense could say, partial insanity as a reason why they did it. Oh, for sure. We're going to get there. And me, I struggled with, like, thinking about, okay, having mental illness makes you not give a fuck about right or wrong, right? Like, shouldn't that still be something that's considered? Because even though you're aware that you're not supposed to do something, your mental health issue can possibly tell you or make you feel like, fuck it, it doesn't matter. It's literally like nurture versus nature. Like, you know you were taught one way, taught Mm -hmm. not to do, but then nature, Mm -hmm. which is a mental illness that you could have gotten by trauma or because Mm -hmm. you were born from someone who had it, and that takes over. Yeah. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So the community of Sherman, Texas, was rocked by the murders, and the media couldn't cover the story enough. The media was depicting Andre as like a deranged murderer, sick sadist, or predator. And by the end of the 11 o'clock news, they had everybody demanding that Andre get the death penalty. Of course. I mean, I get it. Don't think I don't. I totally get it, too. But y'all He just killed two children and a woman that looks of the root of the caucus. Like, they're ready to go. Yeah. They are ready to hang him by his toes. Which also doesn't help the situation because even if professionals examine Andre and can clearly see that he is mentally ill, the public has already decided what the fuck they expect the DA to do. And of you course. You know, charge him with murder, yeah. give him the death penalty. Yeah. And like, that's one of the things that sucks about having a sovereign country is because mm-hmm. even when the people are ignorant, we still have a say. <laughs> 
in some way in some way and it can still influence mm-hmm. things in this government things in the justice system we already know the justice system is crooked yeah yeah to to the core but i understand why because he killed a baby and another baby mm-hmm. and a woman and nobody wants to take the time to understand why he did it mm-hmm. On March 30th, 2004, jail psychologist Cactus Robin McGurk, nice, evaluated Andre and diagnosed him as a paranoid schizophrenic with, quote, considerably impaired judgment. So, yes, sounds, sounds about pretty right. on the nose. Yeah. Well, on April 2nd, just five days after the murders, Andre had another mental breakdown and gouged out his right eyeball with his bare hand. I'm just trying to see. Who do we think mm-hmm. we're dealing with? <laughs> like, this dude. Uh, huh? I almost threw up. Give me a minute. The dude stabbed himself in the chest three times. Don't you think he's <laughs> capable of doing this? <laughs> and he just killed two babies and a woman. Like, I'm confused who we think we're dealing with. Kristen, he looks out of this world nigga i'm no sci-fi i mean what his eye is gone let's get that let's get that straight if you're on patreon you're seeing it and he did it to himself mm-hmm. and ugh. the amount of i'm saying i feel like the amount of crazy or desperation that it takes for someone to harm themselves like that yeah that's another level oh yeah Something I don't even want to put myself in the shoes of understanding. Absolutely not. I don't think I could you ever might get, get fucking lost over there. You know? I mean, I, I don't think I could ever do that. Pills? Okay, I can see that. No pain. Mm-hmm. But that? No. That's I have one eyeball. Definitely some biblical type of stuff that people used to do oh. back in the day. Oh, Kristen. And the next thing I was going to say is he got the idea from the scripture that reads, if your eye offends, or if your right eye offends thee, pluck it out. Pluck it out. Yeah. He was treated and transferred to a state mental hospital. Both the prosecution and the defense petitioned the court for a competency evaluation for Andre. No. <laughs> Because anyone that plucks out their eye needs to be in a fucking straight jacket and padded walls. Even though, you know, he just killed the unmentionable and we don't right. think he's going to harm himself. Even though he has precedence of harming himself. Yeah. I think before he even plucked his eye out, he stabbed himself. <laughs> oh, yeah, he did. On the 26th, like, are, the day before. Are you forgetting that he stabbed himself first? Why does he keep stabbing himself? It's just, oh, gosh. So the judge agreed with us, Judge James Fry, and he appointed two psychologists to analyze Andre, and both doctors found Andre incompetent to stand trial. Mm. The same judge committed Andre to the Texas Department of Mental Health and Retardation, and in July, he was moved back to the Grayson County Jail after another doctor, someone named Joseph Black, submitted a report to the district court deeming Andre competent enough to stand trial. Okay. Just one doctor, one single doctor. They took the word of him, the judge did, and was like, okay, well, let's get this show on the road. It's giving something like that. Andre's lawyers could have filed a competency hearing to take place before the ruling was made, and they never did that. So it's giving sabotage. Mm-mm-mm. Anybody that's competent would have done that. Absolutely. Especially after they hear what Joseph Black's report said. So his report says... He clearly exaggerated symptoms that he might be experiencing and may have been fabricating some symptoms of psychosis. 
It is possible that he may engage in gestures or behaviors, including possibly those involving self-harm, in a bid to appear more seriously mentally ill than he is and to avoid the consequences of the current charges he's facing. Kayla, this man already tried to take his life. Do you really think he's worried about consequences from a court system where they're just going to lock him up and he's going to take his life again, try to take his life again? I mean, to be fair, a lot of the ways that he tried to take his life, it was more like superficial things. You know, he was left with scarring, but it didn't seem like he was fully committed it may have been more like an attention thing for someone on the outside looking in. You know, if you don't know him, if you haven't seen him from 10 years old and seeing whatever, whatever, him suffering, then you may think that he's putting on a show. But I'm not giving no doctor who has experienced real mental health illness to look that man in the face and be like, he's faking it. No, I don't think so, sir. Mm -hmm. I think you've been paid off. Or you feel away or you're biased. Maybe you're biased. Yeah, we're going to get to some more of stuff like this. So at trial, despite all of the evidence presented by the defense, proving that Andre was actually sick as fuck and had been for a long time, the jury refused to even entertain the not guilty by reason of insanity plea. And it could have been for one bombshell witness, Andre's cousin, Isaiah. So let's get into it. He spilled so much tea about Andre and his relationship with Laura. He said that from the beginning of the relationship, Andre was almost obsessive about Laura. He talked about her all the time and that Laura was more on the still like young, wild and free type of vibe. Isaiah said Laura was allegedly known to be flirtatious and had even stepped out on the young couple's marriage. Mm. Okay. When you get married at 18, you're not really ready for this. It's hard. (laughs) It's hard. Some people are, some most people aren't. Mm. So she was stepping out on Andre with her future boyfriend and baby daddy, James Hughes, which is Leia's dad. Oh. Mm-hmm. Isaiah testified that Andre had referred to Laura as a Jezebel several years before the murders, and Laura and his brother Brian had had an affair as well. Laura and his brother Brian. Oh, no. The Brian that he stabbed and Isaiah said this happened before Andre stabbed Brian during that argument. I mean, I believe that. Mm-hmm. It could have been like not just attached to self-defense. Maybe he was harboring some shit. Mm-hmm. And maybe his psychosis just picked their victims just because mm-hmm. they did them wrong. And that doesn't seem like it's very psychosis. That's giving multiple personality if at the very least, like I'm giving you that. And if other than that, you're just manipulating the system. But it's also given out. Anybody could do that. <laughs> like it's giving. Yeah. For you sure. gave him a reason to target you, to kill you. But yeah. I'm still not saying that he's not crazy. He definitely is still mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And then Isaiah told them about Andre's love of Mortal Kombat, the game. And how he'd pretend a character was Laura and will talk about how he was going to, quote, knock her head off. Wow, Isaiah, you're really spilling all the tea. Where you been? That's what I'm saying. We're going to talk about more people that were right there and didn't do fucking anything. Mm -hmm. So according to a friend named Zach, Andre had told him that he wanted Laura dead because she just up and left him. And now she was in an apartment with her new man while he was living in a trailer park Mm -hmm. and like still struggling. And he also asked multiple people for rides to Laura's house 
or he like asked him like can i just use your phone to call her like instead of his own Ew. so i'm like okay so he had been plotting on her yes absolutely so fucking terrible oh this is where that's what i'm saying this is where it's kind of like oh i thought i knew until i feel like i don't and this is where mitigating factors the relevancy of them start to decrease mm-hmm. because now people get mm-hmm. angry because we see you was plotting which means you have enough wherewithal yeah to at least target an enemy and then execute mm-hmm. Uh huh. Not to mention, according to James, he said that he was married to someone, and obviously they were married, and they both left their significant others to be together. Mm-hmm. And it's like a close knit community, so it was probably more embarrassing for Andre than anything. Mm-hmm. That's why he just like couldn't let it go. Mm-hmm. So it's like maybe the thoughts in his head went from just telling himself to kill himself to kill other mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Based off of his yeah. already emotions towards those exactly. other people. Exactly. And that's us trying to give him that because <laughs> at the end of the day, yeah, they say psychology is a science, but mental health, we're never going to understand it, you know, especially with symptoms and being able to prove it all the time in court and stuff. It's just not, we're not there nope. yet. A jury found him guilty of three counts of first degree murder. The prosecution basically said that Andre was a drug addict who was thirsty for attention and was just jealous of Laura. Mm. That's why they killed her. Okay. And part of me feels like we already talked about it could be true. He had other family members in his life that he could have done something like that too if it was really just about getting aggressive or taking your anger out on someone or if you felt like someone was evil. You know, he could have done it to Brian. Yeah. But, but it, Brian was able to escape. Right. Because so Brian was just maybe as nutty. Maybe Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it still, still does not negate the fact that he needed help way before Laura even yes. came into his life. Yep. In 2005, at just 22 years old, Andre was sentenced to death for his crimes. He was transferred to a facility in Livingston where he would spend 23 hours a day locked in that small ass cell. And with his mental health issues being actually fucking real, this is like the last thing you should do. Andre had attempted to kill himself multiple times. He slashed his throat with a razor, which required eight sutures to close his wound. And then in November of 2008, he got free from his handcuffs and attacked another inmate. Mm. Guards had to use like that pepper spray that's like on crack, you know, that really intense pepper spray. They had to use that shit on him. Wow. But the worst may have been when he, what he did the next month Dang. on december 9th kristen he's not done on december 9th 2008 andre gouged out his other eyeball pulled it out of the socket kristen but this time he fucking ate it yep this is when you start saying we should have realized he was a little insane <clears throat> like there were signs all over the fucking place i mean and this is what he looks like. golly kristen just empty holes in his face i want to throw up i can't and he did it to himself to himself Kristen. wasn't done to when are we going to realize this man needs help yeah he needs help like even even the uh the the security guards in the actual prison weren't ready to Mm -hmm. see that no, they were like, this is something else. <laughs> this is not what we're used to. He does not belong like, here. What is happening? No. Andre's appeal attorneys had already decided to appeal his case. And during his appeal in 2009, they highlighted that because of his mental health and his blindness, he is no longer a threat to society. This is true. And therefore, and therefore he shouldn't be eligible for the death penalty anymore. 
They oh, you also can highlight- do that? Yeah, girl. Like if your mental state changes, if you're not competent to be put to death anymore, then they can't put you to death. Well, I love that they did that because that's real. Yeah, keep some t- something in check yeah. for certain situations like these. But then at the same time, that's hard because it's like you was competent when you did that crime. Yeah, yeah. His appeals team also highlighted the errors that Andre's defense team made in his trial, like when they didn't request another competency hearing after Andre was deemed fit to stand trial. Okay. Remember that? Yeah. The appeals attorneys felt like the report Joseph Black sent to the court had the defense a little, like, a little shook. They probably thought there was info in there that could have like been used against Andre and it could have really shown that he might have been sane during the moment. So they didn't even want to like deal with AKA it. AKA a setup. Yeah, they didn't want to deal with the challenge of facing it and they just let it go. Yeah, of course. And honestly, I get it. Like that's harder to prove in the first place. Even go down that rabbit hole. Right. Don Bailey, who was Andre's appeal lawyer, pointed out that every doctor other than Dr. Joseph Black found Andre incompetent, and yet they were still sentencing him to death. Thank you. What's up with that? I'm like, they could easily commute it to life and, I don't know, please somebody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but that's how you know it was a vendetta. You got three doctors and you choose the one over the two. Like what, and, and the thing that sucks is like basically what a judge says goes until the appeal. And I'm not really sure if it was so much as like a vendetta, but maybe it was those testimonies that were given. Because remember, those interviews were given while they were still investigating. Yeah. So they probably were like, well, what the hell? Like, he's completely incompetent and insane. But these people are saying he's been talking about killing her for months. He's probably thinking sane or not sane. This was plan one of the points of contention was the fact that the jury felt that andre hadn't shown any remorse for his crime (laughs) well i mean if he's insane he's not gonna do that yeah i was about to say don argued it's like how could he he's literally detached from reality like the man is not okay he thought he was probably doing a good thing the the right thing right Baylor College of Medicine clinical psychiatrist Dr. Linda Perrier wrote about the Andre Thomas case in 2009, quote, there are so many problems here. How do you find someone competent to stand trial who is so severely mentally ill? The standard for competency is not very stringent. You have to understand the charges against you and be able to participate in your own defense. Mm -hmm. How do lawyers and judges who may know next to nothing about mental illness evaluate the mental state? of a defendant by the time a defendant appears in court they have usually been medicated and no longer display obviously bizarre and crazy behavior someone who is no longer psychotic will often try to make logical sense out of the crime they committed and will say that they knew at the time that they were doing was wrong so oh end quote sorry so I get what she's saying, how she's like, once you're medicated, and he would probably was medicated once Joseph Black actually spoke to mm-hmm. him, and he probably would have had a different opinion. So I can I can agree with that. Yeah, because once you're medicated, you can see clearer. So, mm-hmm. of course, in your clear vision now, you know what's up. You knew what was wrong right. and what was right. Right. But also, right after the incident, he told the EMT worker, I just wanted to pay for my sins. That's why I wanted to die. So it's hard to say. But the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals did not agree, concluding that Andre is clearly crazy, but is also sane under Texas law. Because even though professional doctors couldn't make the conclusion, the jury concluded that he knew right from wrong at the time of the murders. Mm. Period. Point blank. Mm -hmm. 
Andre's appeal was denied on March 18, 2009. The following year, almost to the day, Andre appealed that decision again, and he is still at a psychiatric hospital in Richmond, Virginia. Well, at least he's in a psychiatric hospital. Right. He's not on death row. And in my opinion, Laura's family should have sued somebody because he should have been in a hospital way before Laura's death. Yes, correct. And that was time and time again, we see how the people that were quote unquote there to help us really don't. They don't. I mean, they really, really don't. Not when it counts. And if you don't have money, they don't have the resources for you. And that's just kind of how Andre fell into this. And if he was saying those terrible things about Laura, that's fucked up. He still, you know, it's just fucked up. And I don't know where I stand. I'm not happy that he did what he did at all. But I also see the little kid in him that deserved help. Bobby, like, you can't deny the dude was nuts. Thank you guys so much for listening and being patient this week. Let us know what you guys thought about this episode. And if you fuck with the show, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify because it really helps get our show out to other people. So before we go, be safe, protect your peace, and protect your space so we don't have to cover your case. We love you guys. Bye. You have a right to kill me. I have a right to do that. But you have no right to judge me.